All right, so we are in the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 1. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, use your app, use whatever you have your Bible on. What I want to do today is I want to start at the beginning of Mark, and I want to read up to where we're at so far so that we can just be reminded uh, uh, of what has happened so far in this message. Now, DJ, I'm going to tell you back there that the first section is not there, so you don't have to put it up there yet uh, until I get to verse 14, okay? Uh, But I want to start with verse 1 of Mark chapter 1, if my Bible will flip back to where it was. Uh, And it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. Um, Interesting choice of food there. Uh, Okay, I've told you guys about the locust thing, didn't I? Yeah, okay. About my friend that eats it. Yeah, it's not, it's not pretty. Anyway, okay, and he preached saying, After me, he who is mightier than I, the straps of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and, underti- and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. A voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased." The Spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness, and he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild animals, and the angels were ministering to him. Now today we start. Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boats mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So that's where we're at today. 
Today what I want to do is I want to look at verses 14 through 20, and I want to break down this. I just want to kind of spend a few minutes talking to you about what these verses say to us. The cool thing about this message today, the coolest thing, you, you may not be excited to hear what I'm about to tell you, but it is the coolest thing that comes out of this message today. The coolest thing that comes out of this message today is the fact that it removes all excuses for us resisting to follow Jesus. Did you hear that? Jesus, in this passage of Scripture, is walking down through the sand by the Sea of Galilee and he sees some fishermen, some ordinary guys, and he calls them to do extraordinary work. You see, what I want you guys to grab a hold of before you grab a hold of anything else in this message today is I want you to grab a hold of the fact that a disciple of Jesus Christ, as disciples of Jesus Christ, we are called not to be extraordinary. He doesn't expect us to have some superpower. He doesn't expect us to, to be uh, something special, something above everybody else. He just expects us to be obedient. And when we are obedient... He is going to do extraordinary things through us. Amen? Every time I look in the mirror, I realize, dude, he is attracted to the ordinary. You know? Every time I look in the mirror, I say, wow, if he can use me, sky's the limit. You know? I'm a nerd. I like Star Wars. I'm an Ohio State Buckeyes fan. No fans in this room? I root for the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> and he can still use me. You know, the thing that's amazing about this passage of Scripture is that Jesus gets a hold of a motley crew, ragtag group of guys. Rejects for the most part. I mean, I don't know if you know the, 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 the historical understanding uh, of the disciples, but the 12 disciples that Jesus called to be his followers, the 12 that he called, more than likely they had tried to do whatever it was that you did in the, the realm of religion or theology. They had gone to, to the seminary or, or whatever that took place, and, 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 and the people that taught them said, you know, I think maybe you need to go back home and do whatever your dad's doing, you know? In other words, they were rejected for the most part, more than likely, okay? So they're back doing what they do, all right? And they are the last ones 
They are the last ones that people would have expected Jesus to say, come and be a part of what I'm doing. Come and follow me because I want to use you to transform the world. You see, we need to grab a hold of that today. The gospel of Mark teaches us here in these very first verses, before we get too far into this book, it teaches us that God wants to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And we, too, in our lives, can have ourselves, we can have who we are, repurposed, re-transformed into the image of Christ so that we can do what he has for us to do. He told these 12 guys, he told these three in this here passage, he said, you are fishermen, but when I get done with you, you're gonna be fishers of men. You are gonna take what you do well, and I'm gonna repurpose that, and I'm gonna make you into someone who is going to be able to reach and share my message with those who are lost. This is the beginning of discipleship for us, folks. And we talk about discipleship a lot here at Lightbrook Church. But what I want you to grab a hold of today before anything else is that I don't care what your past is. I don't care what you've done up to this point. I don't care what you've done successful. I don't know, care what your failures are. I don't care uh, about all of the misgivings of your life. What I care about is the fact that Jesus loves you unconditionally and he wants to use you the way you are to bring his love to a world that so desperately needs to understand what the love of Jesus looks like. Can you say amen to that today? All right, so let's go ahead and let's dive into this just for a second. So in verse 14 and 15, go ahead and throw that up on the screen there. All right, so now after John uh, was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. All right? So what I want you to understand is this message that he is bringing to ordinary people, I want you to first understand the message that's coming out here today, okay? And when you read these two verses of Scripture, there's basically three things that he says here. He first says, the time is fulfilled, all right? The context and the context or content of Jesus' ministry was precisely predetermined okay and so what he's saying is he's saying all of the prophecy all of the things that have been said about me coming all of the stuff that's been laid out beforehand the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand repent and believe in the gospel so the time is fulfilled so basically what Jesus is saying here is that because I have come on the scene the kingdom of God has been ushered in all right, we no longer, we no longer live in our realm. We now live in the realm of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. All right, 
So that's the first thing that said he says here. The second thing he says is that because that the time is fulfilled, he says the kingdom of God is had. In other words, the kingdom of God, it's God's rule over God's people in this place, all right? Now here at Lifebrook Church, I talk to you about the kingdom of God, and I talk to you about the reality that it is a future kingdom. In other words, someday when we have lived our life to the fullest, when we've done everything that we can do for Jesus, when we have lived as followers of Christ, when this life is over with, we are going to pass from, from this life into eternity, and we're going to get to go to heaven, we're going to get to spend eternity with Jesus. Amen? I'm looking forward to that, right? All right? not looking forward to it until he's ready for me to look forward to it okay i'm you know not wanting to rush the thing i i like i like living here i like you know i like wearing my t-shirts and 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 hanging out with you guys i hope you like hanging out with me too right yeah Yeah. (laughs) my self-esteem is really low today no However, there is also an understanding here, and this is what Jesus is talking about and wants us to realize. He wants us to realize that when we become followers of him, when we give him our allegiance, when we give him our obedience, because uh, of his coming, the kingdom of God is not only some future place, but it is here and now. And when we live in obedience... When we follow him, when we trust him, when we, as I say all the time, when we live and love like Jesus, when we live our lives in such a way as though Christ were living our lives for us, we are operating in the kingdom of God right now, okay? And we are his subjects, all right? And, and you guys have all seen the movies, you know, with the kings and stuff, the brave hearts and the, you know, and all of those kind of, you know, King Arthur and the right. You know what, you know what, what it means to be uh, a subject to the king, don't you? All right? You know, uh, if you're a true subject to the king, then you obey the king and you do what the king commands, Right? All right, you give your allegiance to the king. And we have a king, obviously, that we love, right? All right. So the kingdom is here now. We're not, when when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you don't just come down here, ask for forgiveness, repent and believe, and we're going to get to that in a second, and then you get a ticket and you just wait around to go to heaven someday, right? No, we don't. Okay, we get our ticket. We got it. All right, you can stick it in your back pocket, put it in your wallet, whatever, and and wait for that later day. What we're supposed to do is live as followers of Jesus Christ in the kingdom, right? And so we're supposed to live the way he has called us to live, all right? And so what Mark is saying here is he's saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is hand, and he says repent and believe the gospel. And that means that that we are to that means that we are to receive the gospel and do what the gospel commands. It says, repent and believe the gospel. The gospel does not mean good advice, by the way, here. I just want you to know that, okay? Do we know what the gospel means? The actual definition of the gospel is what? Good news. That's right. Not good advice, good news, all right? Because if it's just good advice, how much good advice have you heard in your lifetime that you didn't follow? Huh? 
How many of you have looked back over your life and you had an opportunity to invest in something and you didn't and you wished you had? You know, there was a lot of good advice my father gave me as a young child that if I'd have listened to him, there'd have been a lot of spankings I hadn't got. Good advice is optional. Good news is that which you cannot do anything but follow, except Caesar. During, and, and, and just so you know, the word gospel is not a Bible thing. Caesar, when he gave his, when he gave his uh, command, when he uh, shared his, his, his mandate at that period of time, he used the word gospel. He said the good news. The problem is, is that his really wasn't the good news. What we have from Jesus Christ is the good news. And so the good news has been given to us. And so here in verse 14 and 15, it says, The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is hand. Repent and believe in the good news. Believe in the gospel. And so for you and I, as ordinary people, as people who are called to be followers of Jesus Christ, we have been given the good news. And the command that we have is to repent Believe, and what's that third part? Follow. Follow. So that's the process. That leads to the second part here. As you read Mark chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, it says, Passing alongside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers of men. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. You see, Jesus' process to bring about God's kingdom began with gathering a few unassuming disciples. Instead of students selecting their desired teacher, Jesus, what he does here is he initiated relationships with those he wanted to follow him. And so what Jesus does in this passage of Scripture with these disciples, and this is what he wants to do in our lives, is Jesus, what he did is he repurposed fishermen in order to gather and spare people from God's impending judgment, all right? You see, what Jesus said is you're still fishing, but you're going to be fishing for something different. You see, this is one of the things I want us to grab a hold of today. Whatever God has gifted you with, whatever God has created you to be, it can be used to glorify him. It can be used. I got that southern look sound. Like, did you hear it? can be used. <laughs> Have I told you guys I'm ADD? <laughs> I am. Okay, just so you know. It can be used for his kingdom and his glory. I'll give you a perfect example, okay? I went off to college back a long time ago, and not that long. Somebody asked me if I was part of the seniors group this last week. Or was it today? Was that you, Bill? Anyway, I went off to college, 
And, and I've told you this story before. Uh, I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fourth generation Church of God. Uh, I am like three or four generations pastors. My dad's a pastor. My brother's a pastor. My grandfather's a pastor. I'm, there's probably some other pastors. My family, you go back and trace my family, they're either pastors or drunks. But, yeah, that's another story. I'm not sure if that, some of those, never mind. Anyway, but... I, you know, when, when, when I graduated from college, high school, uh, well, actually my senior year of high school, I felt like God was calling me into pastoral ministry. And I was like, well, I'm not going to tell you what I said, but I was like, no, okay? No, no, all right? And so I went off to college, and I spent four years, what I would say, what I call, I spent four years running from God, basically, okay? You know, I, I had to convince God that I would be a great helper for a pastor. I would be a great person sitting in the chairs out there supporting the pastor because I knew what pastors went through, okay? You know, it's, it's a loving ministry. You know, people treat pastors so wonderfully all the time. I mean, they do here, but... Okay, maybe they don't do other places, but they do do here, okay? Yes, amen, they do. This, you guys are awesome. I love you guys to death, okay? Well, not to death, to life, but, you know. <laughs> but I, I have to be honest in saying that some of my experiences as a pastor's kid, and I know there's some in here, we were called PKs, okay? Some of the experiences I had growing up did not inspire me to want to go into full-time ministry. As a matter of fact, it inspired me to do the opposite. And so I had convinced myself that I wasn't going into ministry. So I went off to college, got a four-year degree in another field. I have a degree in marketing and advertising, minor in graphic design, okay? Anyway. But here's what I want you to know. I never went into the field of marketing and advertising. I never got a profession in graphic design. But I can tell you that what I learned in marketing and advertising, what I learned in graphic design, I have used those skills every single day of my ministry since I accepted and surrendered to the call of the Lord. What I want you to understand today, you see, Jesus grabbed these fishermen and they never stopped being fishermen. They just went after a different fish. Every single one of us in this room today, whatever God has created you to be, whatever he has called you to be, you are not just a follower of Christ. You are a minister. You have been called to minister through what God has given you to see the kingdom of God expand. Amen? And you see, in this passage of Scripture here, in verse 15, or, or, or 16 and 17, the process 
that he uses with these ordinary guys is to take them and he repurposes them for kingdom work. And what I want you to know more than anything else today is that God wants to take each one of us. He does not want to do away with who we are. He does not want to dismiss how he has created us. Now, we have sometimes some rough edges and there are some things in our life that need to be sanded, need to be chopped off, need to be reshaped, reformed, but he wants to use us the way he created us to do the work of the kingdom. And we see that today as we see the disciples that Jesus calls to be followers of him. And so that leads me to the final part of this passage of Scripture today, Mark chapter 1, verse 18 through 20, okay? And, and, and I want to read this to you. It says, And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother. By the way, they had a nickname. They were called the Sons of Thunder. I'm not exactly sure how they got the nickname Thunder completely, but that's such a cool nickname, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, I would, I would love, hey, that's Steve, man. He is a son of thunder. You know, and then, and then here you like have like a, you could like have like a, you know, like, like soundtrack to the back, you know, like son of thunder. <laughs> you know, it's my ADD kicking in again. Anyway, but, so James and John, the son of Zebedee, okay, and he calls them, and immediately he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. See, what I want you to pull out of this section part, this part today is this. Discipleship is not about getting Jesus to help you with your agenda. It's about aligning your entire life to submit to his agenda. And so what, what I want us to first realize here today, and, and the whole purpose of this message, obviously, is that God wants to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things, okay? And that he has he has proclaimed that his kingdom is here, and he has called us to follow, and, and he's not expecting us to be anything extraordinary. He wants to do extraordinary things through our, our ordinary lives. But the thing that we have to realize this, and this is the, the, the probably the most difficult part of what I'm going to say to you today is that in order for him to use you, you have to surrender to his agenda. It's not about him becoming a part of your agenda. It's about you being a part of his agenda. You see, I think one of the things we struggle with in church and in ministry and in life as a, as a whole is that oftentimes we get frustrated because things don't seem to go the way that we want them to do. Things don't seem to happen the way that we want them to happen. And the reason why it's like that and the reason why we experience it sometimes is because what we try to do is we try to get God to come and be a part of what we're doing. 
well, I, I want to do this, or I want to do this, or, you know, I like this. And, and, and don't get me wrong. It's not necessarily that the things that we want to do or we like to do are wrong. It's not that they're bad, okay? But it's not about us. It's about us discovering what God is doing and then going and being a part of what he's doing. You see, what's so amazing about these disciples, and, and, and I'm gonna tell you, man, I, I wish I saw this in the church more today. I wish I even saw it in my own life more, is that when Jesus said, repent, believe, come and follow me, what did they do? They dropped everything they had, and they followed him. I mean, I imagine how this would go down in 21st century culture today. Repent, believe, and follow me. Where are we going? Well, how long are we going to be there? Well, is there food involved in this? Well, what am I going to get paid? I only have the clothes that are on my back right now. I mean, are you going to provide me with some more clothes or do I need to go home and pack a little bit? And I can just, just expand and expand. Listen, they dropped what they had, what they were doing, and they followed unconditionally. You know, I, I'm guilty a lot of times. I'm going to just share. I'm going to give you an illustration of how I don't do this. Yeah, I, I'm going to confess. You guys know I'm like human. You know, I'm. Sometimes you're like, "Wow, is he our pastor?" <laughs> it's kind of scary. But you know, one of the you know one of the ways that I don't do this the most, and and this is the way it works for me. Somebody will ask me to do something. Somebody will say, you know, you know, give me an opportunity to do ministry. And, and I'll come back at them and, 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 and I'll say something like this. Well, let me pray about it. Let me spend some time in prayer. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you that you shouldn't pray. But do you hear the disciples? Do you hear any of them here going, well, let me go back home and pray about this a little bit. And I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that there aren't times when we need to seek God's guidance to make the right decision. But I think so often we use these kind of things as excuses not to be fully obedient to the Father. These disciples here today in this passage, man, they dropped what they were doing to follow Jesus. And I know we can say, but it was Jesus, okay? It was Jesus, all right? Listen, if Jesus walked in this room today, would we drop everything we had and follow him? I would like to think we would, but we live in a day and age, man, which we would be, be doing this. First of all, we go, who is this nutball? You know? Listen, if we are going to be used by the Father, we have got to stop trying, trying to get him 
to be a part of our agenda and we have to surrender to his agenda and i'm not going to lie to you today i'm not going to sit here and tell you that becoming a part of his agenda isn't going to cause uh isn't going to require sacrifice it isn't going to be difficult at times i'm not going to tell you that everything's going to be roses and butterflies okay because it's not But what I want us to grab a hold of and realize is today is that his agenda is the right agenda, always. Amen? I mean, the audacity of of Jesus calling to disciples only makes sense if he has the authority. You see, what I'm trying to say here is that The reason why we ought to be able to drop what we're doing and go and be a part of what he's doing is because he is the authority. If he's not the authority, listen, I'm going to say this to you, and this is where I get crude a little bit or get rude a little bit. Listen, if Jesus is not at the center of your life, he's not the authority in your life. So don't worry about following him. If you haven't placed him at the center of your life, if he is not ruler of your life, if you have not given your allegiance to him, if you have not repented and believe and follow him, then what I'm saying here today, just dismiss it. Go home and feel good about yourself and come back next Sunday and I'll say another sermon. You can listen to the jokes that I tell in between. But if he is Lord and Savior then he is the authority. And if he's the authority, when he speaks, we follow. You see, following Jesus, sometimes it means leaving something good for something better. You see, most people try to use Jesus in, what I'm going to say, three areas um, that he called the original disciples to surrender, okay? You see, when you really look at this and you boil this down, when Jesus called these disciples here, he called them to surrender their career. He called them to surrender their connections. And he called them to surrender their comfort, Did you hear that? Folks, that's what he's calling us here to do today. I want to ask you once again, and I've asked you this many, many times, do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ? Now, when I say, do you believe the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus Christ is a declaration and there are requirements to it. It is declarative and it is imperative. The declarative part of it is is that Jesus is the Messiah. He is the King. He is Lord of lords. He came. He died on a cross, and three days later, he rose from the grave. 
so that you and I could be set free from the sin of this world, so we could experience victory. He paid the price, the final sacrifice. Our part is to repent of our sins, to believe that he is Lord and Savior, and to follow him. And following him means living our lives as though he were living our lives for us based on what his word, what the Holy Spirit, what our interaction with other believers through the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God instructs us and guides us to do. That's the gospel. And so do you believe the gospel? The second question that I'm going to ask you today in the midst of all of this is are you involved in the method of discipleship? Because what I want you to understand when we look at these disciples and we look at Jesus calling them and them following him. We spend the next three years and we're going to spend this looking at the gospel of Mark. We see them following and what that looks like because you see if we are truly going to be the disciples of Jesus Christ that he has called us to be we not only have to be in relationship with the father but we have to be in relationship with others we are disciples called to make disciples who make disciples whether that's involved in a one-on-one discipleship a triad discipleship whether that's involved in a tuesday night small group or a tuesday morning prayer meeting or whether it's involved in the way that you relate to your kids in the classroom or you relate to your kids in, in, in your place of work no matter where it is it's about it's about you proclaiming Jesus and living it out in your life, helping others to be followers also. Now the question, third question that I want to ask you this morning, and then I'm going to add the team, they're going to get ready to come up here and we're going to close, is in some ways you could describe this as, you know, kind of Jesus is meddling in your life, you know. I mean, that's the way we would say in a secular realm, you know, because Jesus is kind of getting in there and messing with things, you know. Anybody, you're like, you're like, you know, anyone, like, you're like, I'm really comfortable, and then Jesus comes in and, like, scrambles everything, you know. Oh, I was real comfortable, and now, you know, he wants me to be in a discipleship. Because <sighs> it's pastor of mine's talking about this stuff and so now i start feeling guilty about it you know we don't want you to feel guilty but maybe the holy spirit is convicting a little bit how are you let me ask you this understanding that you are called how are you getting in the way of what God is calling you to do. 
I don't have that answer for you, only you do. But let me just say this. God wants to repurpose everything about you to do his work. And you are the specific person he wants to work with where you are. Did you get that? In other words, God wants to use you right where you are to do what only he can do through you. Are you going to allow him to work? As we all stand this morning, I don't know if the band's getting ready to come out there. They'll be out here in a second. You are a creation of the Father. He loves you unconditionally, and he wants to do incredible things through you and in you. The first step in all of this is just surrendering to him. Just letting him have control. The first thing the disciples had to do was drop what they had and follow him. Do what he called them to do. This morning, I want to invite you to come into a time of prayer to spend some time reflecting about where you're at in your walk with the Lord. Is he at the center of your life? Or are you still trying to put him in certain sections, trying to compartmentalize him in who you are and how you live and what you do? In Revelations, there are passages of Scripture that just basically says how this is going to go down, okay? You're either hot or you're cold. If you're lukewarm, it says, I'll spit you out, all right? I don't know about you, but I want to be white hot on fire for the Lord for God for what he's doing I believe with, without any hesitation without a shadow of a doubt that where I am today is exactly where he wants me to be it's not about where I want to be although I do want to be here I got nervous there you guys are like I don't want to be here but yeah I do and when we are exactly where he wants us to be, doing what he wants us to do, the kingdom expands. Amen? Now, just to give you just a couple things, if you are new here today, first of all, we have communion that's set up on 
both sides up at the front here. And this is open for anyone who is a follower of Jesus and you profess Christ. I, I, I do sermons every once in a while about, you know, if you're not a follower, you know, uh, um, you take it at your own risk. You know, that's kind of scary, but I'm um, just... You know what? But if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, we have communion set up for you, and we uh, would love if you would like to partake to, for you to be a part of that. The other thing that I want to say today is that these altars are always open. You can come down here and pray. You can grab somebody, come down here and pray. If you'd like someone to come with you, just raise your hand, and we'll send somebody over to you. Um, but it, these are always open for you to come and spend some time with the Lord. And so as Marcy and the band lead us in this closing song, I just want you to take these next few moments and just listen to what God is saying to you right now and respond however he is guiding you to respond. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for just the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to hang out with such cool and awesome people. And Lord, I just pray that each day that we would be uh, disciples who live in love like you, that we would reflect you in everything that we do. Lord, I pray that we would love the people that you place in our lives. And Lord, uh, that people would see you in, in our words and in our actions and in our, in, in our thoughts, Lord. And Lord, more than anything, I pray that, that we will be the disciples, that we will be what you have called us to be. I pray this in your most precious name. Amen.